that God has designed for us to enjoy sound health. Bible says concerning Moses at the age of one, uh, 120, Moses was strong, strength was not abated. He was so strong at that age, he was able to climb up a mountain <laughs> where he died. You know, so at over 80, he was climbing mountains. That's, that's, that's some strength. Praise the Lord. So he led them through the wilderness. The said, none of them was feet. None. None of them was feet. So he said, so it is the will of God. So but this month, I, I, we're going to be focusing on, I want us to focus on practice, the practice of working in the Okay. Administering power of God, administering power of God, because we know that it is by the power of God that our health is sustained. The Bible says we are kept by the power of God. Okay, when someone is sick, how do we administer the power of God? You know, what are some of the practical things that we need to learn that will help us here and there continue divine health? In the walking in divine healing when we are sick, you never get sick. Also, how to minister healing to others because hey, it's a redemption blessing, so we can as well take take the full take the full dose. Amen. Praise God. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We are grateful for another time of fellowship together around your word. Pray that, Father, that everyone that is present will be blessed, will be enriched, will be encouraged. Our faith will be strengthened. Thank you because we receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of you, the eyes of understanding, are enlightened tonight in Jesus, all the more in Jesus' name. Father, we pray, Father, that all the other people, all the brethren, wherever they are that need to join in, Lord, may their steps be hastened, may they be quickened, may they be, may, may they be stirred up to join in, in this meetings tonight. And we all will be blessed in your word. Thank you because you bring answers to questions. You enlighten our darkness in the area of divine healing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So, uh, uh, um, I want us to look at some things about divine health. But sometimes it looks as if um, God is partial. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it just looks like that. But it looks as if some people get healed and some people don't get healed. You know, God, you that God is selective. When it comes to healing people, praise God. Uh, the thing about divine healing is that, and health is that, even though we have seen it over and over throughout last month, that it is a blessing of redemption. Okay? It has got to be appropriated. 
before I go further on that, we need to reiterate this again, that God is not a respecter of persons. We need to reiterate this again, that it is the will of God for you and I to be healed. It is the will of God for you and I to be sound health. Jesus, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the Bible says that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good and healing all those oppressed of the And Jesus had said that it was whatever he saw his father do, that he also would do. Okay, and we know that Jesus is the only one that came to that came to show the express will of the Father. How do we know the will of God? Just look at Jesus. Jesus is the will of God of the earth. Jesus on the, uh, in the scriptures is the will of God fully expressed. So what we see in Jesus is what we see in God. So God, Jesus, like we say, is the explanation of God. So what we don't see Jesus do, that is normal. That means God will not do it. So Jesus never put sickness on anyone. He never wished anybody to be sick. He never pronounced anyone to be sick. So which means that God himself, that is his character. So if the character of God is clearly known to us, okay, as regards his disposition towards sickness, the psalmist said, what does God do? He heals our diseases. So he is the healer. He does not put sickness on anyone. He does not wish sickness on anyone. Okay? Uh, where we see, someone says, oh, what? The Bible says, I will not put any of the sicknesses that I put on the Egyptians. You know, for I am the Lord that he left me. So we think that, that God was the one that put it. No, God was not the one that put it. The word there is the word permits. It means it's, it's what happened in Egypt, right, was the absence of God, was what, what is called the wrath of God. The wrath of God is the absence of God in a matter. Hallelujah. We've explained that over and over again, but it's still worth explaining. You know, the, 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 when we see, when we see what we saw in Egypt was the absence of God, which is the wrath of God. So the wrath of God is the absence of God in a matter. Praise the Lord. So, 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 if the wrath of God is the absence of God, it simply means that, you know, he's not the one that is not actively participating in a particular matter. Praise the Lord. He's not actively participating, but he's mentioned because his absence is there. He's, I mean, because of, he's mentioned because of his absence. So, it's not that God is the one that inflicts or afflicts. God does not afflict. How do we know? Jesus never afflicted him. Oh, so whatever it is that we read, if it is not in line with the person of Jesus and is not in line with what Jesus himself has done or said, then it is what Jesus himself has said and done that we take. That is the truth. That's why Jesus could say with all confidence and boldness, I am the way. I am the way. I am the truth. Life is in me. I am the life. So whatever it is we want to use as a defining factor, 
Jesus is. Outside of Jesus, it is incomplete truth or it is false. Praise the Lord. So, Jesus, so we know that God, and you know, the Bible also tells us that Jesus did not discriminate when it comes to, when it came to healing. Everywhere he went, uh, he was healing men. Anyone, those that came to him, he healed them all. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. Jesus, when evening was come, they gathered people who are sick, you know, from all around, and uh, those who are demon-possessed. And the Bible says that Jesus healed all of them. So severally, we see it in the Gospels that Jesus healed all of them. So uh, irrespective of my experience, irrespective of your experience, uh, this is the truth of the gospel. Jesus heals all. Why will he heal, heal some and not heal and not heal others? Why will he not? So then that means that he's a partial God, but we know that God is not a partial God. And so you and I have got to be convinced about it. Praise the Lord. I've said this over and over again in this, in this uh, series that it's about our conviction. Praise God. Now, let's look at uh, uh, Mark. Just look at some practical things. Mark chapter, sorry, Acts of the Apostles chapter 19. Let's start from there. So we are talking about divine healing and health if you are just joining us. Praise the Lord. Acts of the Apostles chapter 19. And uh, verse, uh, let's start from verse 9. Since, but when divers were hardened, well, let's start from verse 8. And he went into the synagogue, talking about Paul, and spoke boldly for the space of three months disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. So Paul was, was going there and spoke for three months, taught for three months, trying to persuade men, you know, arguing concerning the things of the kingdom of God. And when divers were hardened and believed not, but spoke evil of the way before, before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily, in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia had the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. So Paul taught daily for two years. Paul taught the word daily for two years. Take note. Paul taught the word daily for two years. Daily, he taught the word. And verse 11. What was the result? And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So, look at the sequence. Paul taught the word for two years. And what happened? There was a manifestation of the power of God to heal. So, God wrought special miracles through the, by the hands of Paul. So that from his body, he was he so taught the word on a daily basis that the power of God had no choice but to be a manifestation. So really, it tells us that when we want to enjoy divine health, when we have had several testimonies of people, you know, people will 
had the story of a lady who was in stage four cancer. Not sure whether it was position that was saying, you know, that. Uh, and he, she, she heard the word. She just put herself for two hours daily. She was meditating on God's word. She was, she was listening to, to the word of God, you know, concerning healing. Until the whole thing said daily, every day, she put everything else aside. After all, the doctors had declared that she had there was no cure that she was going to die. So she, she just she just faced that and said, "Go on." I don't know how for how long now, but it was there. So we see that Paul, on the word for two years. Saturated the atmosphere with God's word. So that from his body were brought onto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. Right? From his body. In other words, handkerchiefs and aprons were put on, on Paul's body. Okay? And then they were, he said, and they said from his body were brought unto the sick. So with that, they took them from, he touched them, or those aprons and handkerchiefs touched his body, right? And they took them, right, to those who are sick. Said, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. So it did some two things. It that process got those people healed, and secondly, it even drove out demons. Hey, what does that mean? It means that the power of God. Of course, we know it was by the power of God that the healings took place. It was by the power of God that the demons were driven out. But there was a contact. Handkerchiefs and aprons were taken from Paul's body. Either he wore them, or he put them in his pocket, or he touched them. They were taken from his body. Now, what heals those people? What drove out those demons? It was not the handkerchiefs. It was not the aprons, but there was something. It was not just any handkerchief either. Neither was it just any apron. It was specifically the handkerchiefs and aprons that were taken from the body of Paul. So that tells us something, that that power of God, right, was stored in those handkerchiefs. The power of God was stored in the handkerchiefs. The power of God was stored in the aprons. And by the time they were placed on the sick, the power of God was activated and it drove out sicknesses and drove out demons. Amen. Now, take note, it did not discriminate. <laughs> Hallelujah. He didn't say it will work for this one, it will work for this one. He said that, let's read again. He said, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, 
and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. Obviously, you know, Paul must have taught along these lines. Amen. So that tells us that the power of God can be stored. The power of God can be stored. Now, when the power of God is stored, take note, the Bible did not tell us that the sick people were in the house. There was obviously, there would obviously have been some distance between where Paul laid the hand, where Paul, where they took the, the handkerchiefs from Paul's body to the places where the various sick people were. So there was some distance. But the power of God, irrespective of the distance, still worked. It still was stored. So, which means that the power of God can be stored, number one. Number two, time does not determine the efficacy or the, the, the um, intensity or the, or, or the quantum of power that is stored in the handkerchiefs. Time doesn't determine it. Some of them, maybe they may have done it, collected the handkerchiefs, and did not see the sick person until one week after. Those people may have traveled from various places because the Bible tells us that that they said that those that dwelt in Asia had the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. So, so, and of course, those days the best, the fastest way to 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 transport yourself was by horses. You know, and you had to be a rich person. So many of them trekked. What am I trying to say? That despite the distance, praise the Lord, from where Paul was to where the sick people were, right? The power of God that was stored in those handkerchiefs and aprons, the power of God, when it got to the sick, it still worked. Hallelujah. Amen. So, what's the lesson here? The first lesson is that the power of God can be stopped. Remember the Mark chapter 5. That's another from verse 25. The woman with the issue of blood. Bible says that she said to herself, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. For the woman had heard, obviously the woman was not the one that just conjured that up. That must have been a manifestation in the in the in the ministry of Jesus, because Matthew also tells us that there were many people, you know, that that sought to touch Jesus, and as many as sought to touch him, they were healed. So the woman must have had those testimonies, such testimonies, and said, "Okay, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment, and I'm going to be well." Obviously, the power of God was stored. Jesus was wearing, you know, was carrying the power of God, and it could be, and and his and his uh, what do you call it? His cloth could transmit that power. The power could be transmitted through his his uh, his cloth. 
Because when the woman touched it, Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus felt that power of virtue had left him. The healing power of God had left him. Jesus knew it. He said, he turned around and said, who touched? Who touched my clothes? So the power of God can be stored. Now, if the power of God is stored, the power of God does not leave what is stored. If the power of God is administered to your body, the power of God, since it can be stored, the power of God Amen. The power of God doesn't leave. Says that one of the things that will happen to us, we studied that last week. One of the signs is that what is that we will lay hands on the sick and they will do what? They will recover. That's in verse 18. So we will lay hands on the sick. So when hands are laid on the sick, what happens is the power of God that has been administered. Someone says, Well, maybe there's I don't have this. Is when you have the healing anointing. You know, there are some people who have the tangible healing anointing, but you don't have to have the tangible healing anointing, right, to minister to the sick, to lay hands on people. Hallelujah. So you don't have to. However, when we obey the scriptures, we lay hands on the sick. What happens? Praise the Lord. What happens? What happens is that the power of God is transmitted. So the person receives the power of God to heal him or her. Now, when a person receives the power of God to heal him or her, that power does not leave. Oh, how do I know? That power is a gift in the first place. It's the gift of God. Praise the Lord. God's releasing his power to us is a gift. Now, let's see what Paul says to Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy chapter 4. It's a principle that... Uh, uh, Okay. Verse 14. He said, Don't neglect the gift that is in thee, which was given you by prophecy with the laying on, on of the hands of the presbytery. Don't neglect it. The gift that is in thee that was given, it was given. So he said the gift was given and by prophecy and by that true inspired utterance and by the laying on of hands. So when we lay hands and speak by the, the word of God, right? Power, the gift of God to heal, right? Which can be stored, right? Comes into our body. 
Amen. But, and you know it can be stored. And it, time does not determine whether it will whether it will, it will dissipate, it will live or not. No. Once the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance, God gives the power. He releases his power. He does not take back his power. Because how do we know? We know the character of God. He is a liberal from to do it, a liberal giver. God does not give and take. So when the power of God is released in a man's body, through the prayer of faith, hallelujah, amen, laying on of hands, okay, the power is there. It's in the body. But you know what? Look at what Paul said. Paul said it can be neglected. He said, don't neglect it. Praise God. That, that power, as in all other you know, dimensions of the power of God, he said, don't neglect it. Don't neglect this gift that came up by laying on of hands and by divine utterance. Supernatural utterance. Don't neglect it. When you neglect it, you will not see it at work. That's why he said, what does it mean to neglect? It means not to pay attention to, not to observe. Hallelujah. To observe continually. Amen. So, when we do not pay, we can receive the power of God, but when we do not pay attention to it, amen, Right, the power will be there, but the power will not be work, will not work. So it means that somebody can receive the power of God, right, and still not be well. Oh, is that possible? Oh, yes. Remember the story of that man, the blind man that Jesus Christ healed. Perhaps that Jesus Christ laid hands on him, touched him. He, he, he saw many streams. Well, did he receive the power of God? Oh, yes. Power of God was in his body. But he still saw many streams. Amen. Jesus had to touch him again. Hallelujah. Until he became fully well. Praise God. That guy. Uh, what's his name? The guy at least uh, by the beautiful gate, gate called beautiful. The power of God was administered to him. God, you know, if the guy had sat down there, hmm, he would have been healed. Peter grabbed him. John chapter 5. That man that was by the pool waiting for the stand of the waters. We'll talk about him some more. Okay. That guy, if the guy had not responded to Jesus, he would have been healed. So, I, I, I want us to see that the power of God can be stored in us. But if we neglect it, amen, we, it, may, it won't work. 
Hallelujah. What do we need to be healed? The power of God. Is it available? Oh, yes. When we lay hands on the sick, right? The power of God should work. But when we don't pay attention to it, for whatever reason, either because we are looking at the symptoms, either because, you know, for whatever reason, right? We will, it will be there until we begin to pay attention to it. Because remember Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20, my son attend to your word. He inclined that ear to my sayings. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Okay? Let them not depart from, their, from your eyes. Why? Because they are what? Medicine to your flesh. Health to your body. Medicine to all your flesh. Praise the Lord. So that when we pay attention to God's word, it is administering medicine. It is like administering medicine to our bodies. Praise the Lord. Now, let's see. How can we neglect God's word? So I have said, look at Second Corinthians, Second First Timothy chapter 4. He said, Don't neglect the gift. Second verse 15. Instead, what should you do? Meditate on these things. Give yourselves completely to them. Amen. So meditating on it, giving ourselves wholly to it, is what is not neglecting the word of God or the power of God. How do we not neglect by meditating on it? After it has been administered, you don't just leave it and go. You don't just think, so stop thinking about it. You don't just pay and say, yeah, I, I, I won't pay attention to it again. No. He said, meditate on it. Praise God. Hands have been laid on me. The power of God has been administered to my body. The power of God is working in my body. Take note. Remember, he said that God does not take back. So the power of God is there at work in our bodies. But the power of God can be redundant when we neglect, if we neglect. If we don't meditate on it. If we don't pay attention to it. Hallelujah. How else can the power of God, right, be neglected? Let's see. Let's see somewhere else. Mark chapter 6. Praise God. When we walk in dishonor, it stifles the power of God. Yeah. When we walk in dishonor, it stifles the power of God. Mark chapter 6. And you see, we can walk in dishonor and not know it. Amen. Actually neglecting the word of God, neglecting to meditate on the power of God is not honoring that word, that power of God. Look at Mark chapter 6. And Jesus went from there and came into his own country. Verse 1. And his disciples follow him. 
And when the Sabbath day was coming, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this, from whence has this man these things? What wisdom is this which was given to him? Even such mighty works are wrought in his hands. Is not this the carpenter? Jesus was a carpenter. The son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, and of Judah and Simon, are not his sisters here with us? So in other words, Jesus came to his country, he came to his own hometown, and then he was teaching and then. Of course, they had had all kinds of stories about him, probably things that he had been doing in other places, mighty miracles that he, mighty works that he had done. But look at their reaction here. The Bible says that they commonized him. They were like, this is, ah, we know this guy now. Amen. We know his family. But look at and they were offended at him. Let me read the New, New Living Translation. New Living Translation says in that, that part, it says, they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. They were deeply offended and refused to. They refused. Praise the Lord. Why? Now look at Jesus' interpretation of this, their unbelief. How did Jesus interpret it? He said in verse 4, Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, what was this unbelief? This unbelief stems from was equal to dishonor. Because Jesus said that a prophet does not have honor among his people. So which is that these people did not honor him. Hallelujah. They did not honor the carrier of the power of God. You and I, we are the carriers of the power of God. Hallelujah. But because, and so we can administer the power of God even to ourselves. That's why we can we can stand on God's word and we can pray for ourselves and be healed. Amen. That's why you can you can receive even even though the Bible says that if you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. That should also include you. I can lay hands on myself. It's still the same power of God. But you know, because you know yourself so much. <laughs> you know, you know yourself so much. Sometimes you are dishonoring yourself. You like ah, uh, let me, I prefer let let pastor be the one to lay hands on. But you can do it by yourself. But because you know yourself, you know you know your frailties and your spiritual and physical and and other weaknesses. You know some of the you know the. the, the some of the things that probably you've not that are not too palatable that uh, to the hearing, you know, and you don't have confidence in yourself. You are despising yourself. Hallelujah. But you see, Jesus said their unbelief was because of honor, the lack of honor. So when you do not honor the carrier of the anointing. 
the carrier of the unction, the carrier of the power, the power will not flow as it should. Hallelujah. Look at the Bible says that Jesus said, He said, and because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them. <laughs> he could not do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. People with what amplifies said, the people with small ailments. Oh, small headache here. Oh, you know, just small ailments. He could not do mighty miracles. He was amazed at their unbelief. What was the unbelief? Praise God. What was the unbelief? The unbelief was lack of honor. Not honoring the carrier of the unction, including yourself. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, any an outsider who doesn't understand may think that, ah, is, is God not partial? So why? I mean, in Capernaum, he healed people. How come he's not healing people here? Whereas, right, it was a lack of honor. The Bible said they refused to believe him. Why? They did not honor him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What we do not see, what, uh, 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 honor attracts the power of God. Honor attracts the power of God. Look at Luke chapter 4. Let's run to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Let's see Jesus in uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 14. You know, after Jesus uh, uh, got... Uh, uh, after after his 40 days fasting. Verse 14. The Bible says, Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power, written in the New Living Translation. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. Hallelujah. So it says, Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost, with the Spirit of God. And the King James says that he returned in the power of the Spirit and his fame was spread abroad. Okay? His fame was spread abroad. But look at verse 16. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed over to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. Sent me to, pro proclaim, the to proclaim that captives will be released and the blind will see and the oppressed will be set free. And that, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Verse 20. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendants and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Now, look at Jesus just told them that, hey, this scripture that I just read to you, this day has been fulfilled. 
everyone, verse 22, everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be? They asked. Is this not Joseph's son? They were amazed. Does not mean that they received it. Then he said, you will undoubtedly quote me this proverb. Physician, heal yourself. Meaning, two miracles here in your hometown, like those you did in Capernaum. But I tell you the truth. No prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Do you see that? So Jesus was telling them that, hmm, I know you are going to say this, physician, you yourself. Okay? And then he began to explain to them what he meant. And it bordered on honor. That, you see, God does not just do things haphazard. Jesus explained what happened to the woman to, to, to this woman. He said, certainly there were many needy widows in Israel, verse 25, in Elijah's time. When the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. And there were many lepers in Israel at the time of prophet Elisha. But, on, but the only one healed was Naaman a Syrian. When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious, jumping up. They, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but they passed right through the crowd and went on his Did you see that? Poor Pete, Jesus was saying, what is happening to you guys now? You know, it, it, you told him, ah, why did God send Elijah to the widow of Zarephath. Why did he send that to, to a, a widow in Israel? Oh, no. Hallelujah. God saw the heart of this man. Honor. What was the honor? What was the honor that this woman gave the prophet? The honor when the prophet went and said, hey, give me. She acted on the word of the prophet. She acted on the word of the prophet. So acting on God's word is honoring God. Acting on God's word is honoring the power of God for healing. Praise the Lord. Naaman almost lost it. Until the servants told him, go back. Honor the word of the prophet. Praise the Lord. So the power of God is available. But men have got to honor it. By not neglecting it, paying attention to it. Act meditating on it and acting on it as appropriate. Brother Higgins said when he was in the he was on the healing, he was on the sick bed. You know, he had meditated on Mark, Mark chapter four, Mark, Mark, Mark eleven, rather, you know, and uh, severally for months he had he had done that. So one day, and he began to say that he was well, you know. Began to confess God's word. And then the Spirit of God now spoke to him that, hey, if you say you are well, are sick, do sick people 
do you find sick people on sleeping, lying down on the bed in the morning? I mean, do you find people who are well lying down on the bed in the morning? Like sick people? You know, he said, no. He said, so the Spirit of God spoke on him, spoke to him that, hey, act on act on it. So and that was how he said he tried. I mean, he had never done that in months. So he said he just started carrying his leg little by little, little until he, he carried his leg, his leg off the table, off the bed, and put it on the floor. And then he gradually attempted to, to, to stand up. And he stood up. Praise God. And he found out he could stand. And he began to walk. And he found out he could walk. What did he do? He acted on the word. He acted on the word. He honored that word. The widow of Zarephath, Naaman, they honored the word. These guys, look at, instead of them honoring the, the, the power of God that was in their midst, they became what? They became angry. They even wanted to kill Jesus. Hallelujah. Despite the fact that they had heard stories of things that they had done in Capernaum, but they despised him. Don't despise the power of God. You are a carrier of the power of God. Amen. Let me close with John Acts chapter. Uh, 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 uh. Let's see another story. You know, uh, 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 Matthew chapter eight. You know, Matthew chapter eight. The story of that uh, centurion. Look at what was that? The centurion that who, who whose servant got healed. Okay, uh, uh, chapter eight. Um, verse five. Look at the demonstration of the faith of this Roman soldier. Let me read it from the King James version. It flows better in my mouth. <laughs> All we can give to them. Okay, verse five. Okay. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, see, you know, all kinds of things, are tremendous, amazing things happened in Capernaum. There came unto him a centurion beseeching, saying, Lord, my servant lies at hope sick, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. This same story, you'll find it in Luke chapter 7. Let's put your hands in Matthew chapter 8. Let's in the Luke's version. In Luke's version, Luke chapter 7, verse 1. Now, when he had ended all this, saying in the audience of people, he entered into Capernaum. So you see that in the same place. And a certain centurion servant who was there to him was sick and ready to die. When Jesus had, when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. So Matthew, if you read Matthew, you think that it was God that just went straight to Jesus. No. Luke gives us the more details. Luke says that he sent elders. Okay? Elders to Jesus. To go and beseech Jesus. To go and plead with Jesus. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. 
for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. You see, that's why it's good to be good so that people can speak good of you the day that you will need it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. His good works. And Jesus went with them. They plead. This guy said, well, you know, we may not like you, but this man is a good man. Please, you follow us. And Jesus followed them. He went with them. Now look at, and when he was not far away from the house, verse 6, the centurion did not come out. He sent friends to him again. So first of all, so it means there were two sets of people he sent. One, he sent elders. So when Jesus was getting close, he, he heard about it, then he sent his friends. Now, anybody that looks at that will think that from outside of, uh, an outsider who doesn't know the fool, who doesn't know who doesn't know the man, who just observes, will say, ah, this man must be a very arrogant man. You need somebody to come and heal your servant, and you are sending people. And you are so arrogant, and so proud. You are not even sending friends. But no. Hallelujah. Look at. He said, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Did you see that? Did you see that? He, he said, I'm not worthy for you to enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come to you. <laughs> but say in a word, and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man set under authority, having unto me soldiers, and I say unto one, go, and he goes unto another, come, and he comes unto my servant, do this, he does this. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned him about, and said to the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. Ha. Praise the Lord. Look at how Jesus interpreted it. This man said, I'm not worthy. That means that Jesus was, the, the man was giving, he gave Jesus due honor. So when Jesus said, I've not found great faith in Israel, what he meant that, hey, I've not seen anybody honor me like this. Hallelujah. I've not seen anyone honor me like this. <laughs> Praise God. He said, the Matthew version, verse 11, I said to you, many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out of that place where they will be weeping and national of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, you have, as you have believed, so it shall it be done to you and the servant was still the same heart. So Jesus spoke the word. Speak the word only and my servant is going to be healed. Mark's version. Praise the Lord. And that was what happened. But look at Jesus' comment. Jesus said, ah, ah, I have not found such a great faith. Not even in Israel. Because that man honored him. See, when you honor the power of God, you will attract the power. So look at it. He said, I'm not worthy. So that's why, you see, let's not allow the world to draw us away. Honor the unction upon the life of a person. No. Oh, uh, uh, they are serving the people. 
Oh, they are men of God that are just using their head. Da, 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 da. No, the world does not understand it. Praise God. The anointing that you honor, you attract, including the anointing upon your life. After all, we are all anointed. The anointing that you attract will, will you will, sorry, that, that you honor, you will attract. And remember, the power of God, when hands are laid on us, when the power of God is transmitted through whatever means, either through fronts and handkerchiefs and things like that, we are not supposed to neglect it. Praise God. We are not to look at it with common with common art. We are not meant to take it lightly. We are to honor the power of God. And the honor activates it. And I said, how do we honor also? We honor by acting on the word. We honor by acting on the word. We honor by acting on the word. John chapter 5, that story from verse 1 to 10, when you read it, that guy that was at the pool, at that pool, right, for 38 years, Jesus asked him, Will you be well? He started telling stories. You know, started telling stories. And then Jesus said to him, rise up, take up the bed, and walk. This was somebody that had been there for 38 years, that they used to carry to and fro. Immediately, the, maid, the man was made whole. He took up his bed. How do we know? He took up his bed and walked. Now, he took up his bed. That means that he acted on what Jesus told him. And the power of, of God to heal was activated. He acted. I was listening to Brother Hagin. No, no, no. I was reading uh, uh, Health Food. Right? Okay. The, uh, Brother Hagin's uh, Devotional health, healing and health. And he told the story of a man who had uh, had something had something to do with his leg. I remember the story well. It wasn't even like and then he told the man when when I was going when I was going to lay hands on the man, uh, I think he told the man. Just told him, I just told the man that the man should run, you know, that the man, the man should run and come back, you know. The man went and came back. Told the man again, so she said, he just came up the, up the pulpit, of the altar, and took the man by the hand, and they, and they ran. And by the, time, by the time the man came back, they got back to the front, the man was completely Praise the Lord. Because he honored the word of God. Honored the word. Do you know? If that guy did not take up his bed, I'm done. Amen. So, in, in summary, in 1 Samuel chapter uh, 2, in verse 30, God said something. Let's read it. 
بص على البيت صح This was God speaking to Eli. Chapter 2, verse 13. He said, let's read the B part. He said, be for all that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Let me read it again. For them that honor me, I will honor. They that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Praise God. You might know somebody. You might know the person's weaknesses. Imagine a church member. Oh, I say, oh, oh, come. I will pray pray of agreement with you. Or will lay hands on you if you despise that person. The person may even be owing you money. <laughs> the person may even be owing you money. Amen. And uh, if you despise it, if the person is asked to lay hands on you, if you despise the person, right, you will not attract the power. Hallelujah. So we talked about two things. Number one, the power of God can be stored. And how do we activate the power of God that is stored in our body when hands are laid hands on us? Like it was done for Timothy. He said, don't neglect it. By not neglecting it, you are paying attention to it. What you what you honor, you pay attention to. Two, we say we also said that lack of honor can stifle the power of God. We said that how do you honor God's word? By not only meditating on it, paying attention to it, but also uh, what do you call it? How do you honor God's power rather? By by acting on the word. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we can add, see, no matter how we feel, amen, if we pay attention to God's word and honor it, amen, the power of God will eventually drive out those things. Amen. Because God is not a partial God. Jesus healed everyone that came to him and is still doing the same. Praise God. I hope you've got something here this evening. Father, we thank you for your word. Give all the glory, give all the praise. Thank you for, for opening the eyes of our understanding tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Receive this. Receive your power and work in us. Lord, everyone in, under the sound of my voice who may be experiencing one sickness or the other in the name of the Lord Jesus, we command the sickness or disease to be out of their bodies in the name of Jesus. You can lay hands on yourself right now, wherever you are. The power of God is released into your body, drives out that sickness in the name of Jesus, every demonic activity over your body, in Jesus' name, we command them cast out in the name of the Lord Jesus. Every part of your body is made whole. The power, receive the power of God right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Ooh, we give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me quickly share a testimony with you. 
would encourage you. You know, about two weeks ago, somebody that listened to us uh, uh, on Counters with Grace, you know, person, the man, that was two about two Sundays ago. The person was calling me repeatedly, you know, but because I was busy, so I couldn't get pick up the call. And I called the person around past five in the evening. You know, that was no, it was on a Thursday, yes, yes, Thursday. And I, I, the man said, oh, that he was, he, he, that he had, uh, what do you call, he had stroke, you know, since he had had stroke since 2012, and uh, he. He was in South Africa. He had to come back to Nigeria and all that. And uh, he had me on radio that he would like me to pray for him. I was in a hurry, even <laughs> so. I just, I just quickly prayed for him. You know, I prayed for him and uh, uh, charged him just for about a minute or two. You know, and then as I was going, I just felt in my heart, let me call, tell Brother Courage, Brother Courage, please. I want you to, uh, 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 I give you the guy's number, please. I want to follow up on this man. You know, uh, I told him what happened and all that. So on Sat on the next by next last week Tuesday, yeah, last week Tuesday, yes, last week Tuesday morning. So well, Brother Courage and I had a discussion uh, on the phone, and then he told me, I said, Pastor, please, I want to report something to you that that man, do I remember that man? You know that we prayed for and all that. They have been following up on him. You know, he said the man called him that same morning. And said that he was running, the man was running on in his room, something that he hadn't done before. This man had stroke. You know that the man was saying that, that he was well, that he was running. The man was running. Hallelujah. Praise God. The power of God touched him. Praise God. Hallelujah. So God is still in the healing business. Amen. He still heals. Amen. And it's not a passion. If, he, if what he does for one, he do for everyone. Okay, we'll continue next week. Uh, Wednesday, okay, still talking. Like I said, throughout the month of uh, September, we will be talking healing and health, your redemption, blessing. Amen. Let's uh, 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 